Peace to you. Welcome back to The Naked Truth and thank you for joining me. We're going to pick up where we left off with the book of 2 Samuel and we're at chapter 10 if you want to read along with me. Let's begin with verse 1. It happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died and Hanun his son reigned in his place. So um, this is after um, David has basically adopted, taken in Jonathan, the, his deceased friend, close friend, soulmate, bosom buddies, his son, his son named Mephibosheth. He's taken him in to take care of him and uh, restored all of Saul, that's the dead king's property and valuables, to uh, Mephibosheth. Um, so um, Ammon, on the other hand, are descendants of, it's the same Ammon as in Ammon, Jordan in modern times. And um, um, it's the area on the west, east, I'm sorry, east side of the Jordan River um, that we're referring to here. And um, now we're talking about the king of that area has passed away. Uh, verse 2, then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. So David lately seems to, now that he's king, has a lot of time on his hands to try and um, see what he's going to do with them to stay busy. So he's um, trying to do things to, um, it seems, be um, righteous and reign righteously and um, please everyone around him, basically. So he's trying to see what can he do in this case with someone who was good to him. Now, uh, he's not doing that with everybody because remember the Philistines took him in when he was on the run and, and seeking asylum. They gave it to him. Then he turned around and attacked them. Um, not necessarily the same Philistine people, but some of the Philistine people. So he hasn't returned that favor to them like he seems to be doing with others, but that's where we're at now. Verse 3. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanun, their lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, to spy it out, and overthrow it? So um, Ammon's uh, new king, Hanun, um, has his servants advising him not to trust David, basically saying that, David's being phony. He's sending you these things, pretending to be on your side and do right by you. But in reality, he's just looking to overtake you. Verse 4, therefore Hanun took David's servants, shaved off half of their beards, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks and sent them away. So um, as in modern times, back then also, it seems cutting off the beard was a, a way of shaming a man. So in them cutting off half of their beards, they're definitely shaming them, not to mention cutting off their clothes so that their butt is exposed. So um, basically, they've treated them shamefully and sent them back to David, his servants. They've sent them back to David rather than accept his um, token of appreciation that he was sending, um, not believing it to be true. They mistreated his servants and sent them back to him. Verse 5, when they told David, he sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, wait at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. So again, with the beards, um, just like in modern times, it's a, it's a, I don't know, honors 
a symbol of honor for men to grow their beards. In some cultures, you're not supposed to ever cut your beard. So he's basically telling them, wait till your beard grows back so nobody here knows what you went through. Then when it does, come on back. Um, presumably so he can plot what he's going to do to avenge them. Verse 6, when the people of Ammon saw that they had made themselves repulsive to David, the people of Ammon sent and hired the Syrians of Beth Rehob and the Syrians of Zobah, 20,000 foot soldiers, and from the king of Makkah, 1,000 men, and from Ishtob, 12,000 men. So the Ammonites, the people of Ammon, rather than accept his token of appreciation as being genuine, they've instead offended David and um, by mistreating his servants and then taking in hand to hire out an army of other soldiers to help defend them in a battle they didn't even necessarily have to start. David may have been sincere in um, what he had said, but because they didn't trust it, now instead they're going rather to war. Verse 7, now when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. So Joab is basically his general, the general over his army. So David has summoned him with his army. Verse 8, then the people of Ammon came out and put themselves in battle array at the entrance of the gate. And the Syrians of Zobah, Beth, Rehob, Ishtob, and Makkah were by themselves in the field. So all of the armies that were hired by the Ammonites have set themselves in array also, while David has prepared himself for battle, him, himself and his army. Verse 9, when Joab saw that the battle line was against him before and behind, he chose some of Israel's best and put them in battle array against the Syrians. So now Joab, the, now Joab the, the general, is um, setting every his soldiers in order for the battle against those opposing armies. Verse 10, and the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai, his brother, that he might send them in battle array against the people of Ammon. So his brother Abishai is also under his command and has been has his soldiers also prepared to fight specifically the people of Ammon, whereas all the other armies are out in the fields also ready for battle. Verse 11, then he said, if the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. So he's made an agreement with his brother on how they shall proceed in the battle. Whichever one needs the assistance, then the other will come to their aid. Verse 12, be of good courage and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So he's encouraging his brother Abishai to um, proceed with the battle and be courageous and um, ending that verse with God's will be done, basically. That if it's so that if it's meant for them to win, they'll win. If not, then so be it. Verse 13. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near for the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. So even though they were hired for the, the war, the Syrians, as soon as they're approached by Joab and his armies, fled away from him, presumably in fear. Um, whatever the case may be, they didn't fight, even though they were hired for that reason, or at least called there for that reason. Verse 14, when the people of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, they also fled before Abishai and entered the city. So Joab returned from the people of Ammon and went to Jerusalem. So without even having to fight, as soon as the 
opposing armies saw Joab and Abishai and their armies, they fled in front of, from before them rather than fight with them. So now Joab is turned back to Jerusalem. Verse 15, when the Syrians saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered together. So um, now the Syrians, the opposing army, sees what had happened when it came to confronting Joab and his armies. It says defeated by him, but they really, according to the narrative, didn't even fight. They just fled. Um, so now what are they going to do? Verse 16, then Hadadazer sent and brought out the Syrians who were beyond the river, and they came to Helam. And Shobak, the commander of Hadidazer's army, went before them. So um, the river they're referring to here is the Euphrates. So they've gone beyond the Euphrates to um, gather more troops. Verse 17, when it was told David, he gathered all Israel, crossed over the Jordan, and came to Helam. And the Syrians set themselves in battle array against David and fought with him. So those people aren't going to flee. They instead fought. They engaged in the battle with David and his army. Verse 18, then the Syrians fled, from, fled before Israel, and David killed 700 charioteers and 40,000 horsemen of the Syrians and struck Shobak, the commander of their army, who died there. So David is still apparently pretty fierce in battle. He and his army were able to defeat the Syrians headed by Adidazer and his troops, um, so much so that he killed Shobak, the commander, and caused that army to flee. Verse 19, And when all the kings who were servants to Hadidazer saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them. So the Syrians were afraid to help the people of Ammon anymore. So since they see how treacherous they are in battle, it seems that was enough to make them, the Syrians say, no, 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 you're on your own from now on since they saw how they did when it came to fighting with David and his armies and how they were defeated. So instead, they've subjected themselves to David and his army and decided no longer would they fight on the side of Syria when it came to battles. That was the last verse in this chapter. Pretty quick one. I thank you for reading along with me and hope you'll join me again for the Naked Truth. I love you and appreciate you and hope I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.